G'day everyone. I've been sitting on this article for a couple of years now and finally finished it just recently in September 2023. It's on the topic of nutritional supplements. If you prefer to read as opposed to listen to it, feel free to head to my website kdmhealth.com or mitchellkuchonda.com. They both take you to the same place. Let's get into it. Nutritional supplements have been part of my life for as long as I can remember. Some of my earliest childhood memories include the smell of an open bottle of antioxidants walking into my Norna's bedroom at home. Turns out she was also ordering vitamin K from Sweden to Australia in the late 1970s. My brother and I would take every opportunity to gulp down her chewable vitamin C tablets as kids. Mum would put fibre in the tin of Milo. Mum also worked in a pharmacy, often giving us multivitamins, epivescent vitamin drinks and occasionally glucose tablets on sports days as kids. This was all in the very early to late 1980s. By the mid-1990s, my mates would be spending money on cartons of beer while I'd be spending money on cartons of Aussie body protein revivals and tins of Exceed sports drinks. In 1997, I lived in a dojo in Brisbane training Kyokushin karate full-time. The need for, apps for extra calories was necessary. I was introduced to protein powder and also creatine later that year by one of my training partners. Fast forward to April 2003, and the pan pharmaceutical recall happened in Australia. This was a big deal. The TGA, known as the Therapeutic Goods Administration here in Australia, served pan pharmaceuticals with an order to stop supplement production for six months. Turns out pan supplied around 75% of all nutritional supplement brands of vitamins, minerals, fish oils, and the like. The supplement shelves at Mum's Pharmacy were bare. This experience taught me that most companies use great marketing to sell their products and a shared centralised facility to manufacture them. The government is at it again with changes to the regulation of sports supplements here in Australia. And there's a link that the TGA, uh, or there's a link to the TGA's website that discusses this. You'd have to go to my website to look at. It's clear the push is on for greater regulation to limit anyone making any claims in relation to nutritional supplements. It's disguised as regulation, I see it as censorship. Instead of making claims about quality vitamins, minerals and fish oils being cheap, safe and effective, to quote Andrew Saul, I'll just share what I take daily. It's largely been this way since 2004. So at 5.30am, I take coenzyme Q10, vitamin C, a joint support product, MagnaCal tablet, electrolytes, and just recently, in the past month or two, I've been experimenting with beta-aniline as well. Around 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., whenever I have breakfast, I take multivitamin that's a vitamin and antioxidant support, and I take another couple of multivitamins that are broad-spectrum mineral support. I take fish oil, another MagnaCal D tablet, vitamin D, vitamin C, grapeseed extract, palmito product, vitamin K2, and I've recently reintroduced creatine that I'm trialing again as well. Around 6 p.m. or 6.30, whenever I eat dinner, I take the multivitamins again. So I take two that have multivitamins and antioxidant support and another two that are broad-spectrum mineral support. I take more fish oils. I take another MagnaCal um, tablet. I take more vitamin C. I take another grapeseed extract, ashwagandha, a liver support product, and probiotics. And then somewhere around... 8 or 9 p.m. just before bed, I'll take another joint support and more vitamin C. Now, there's a few others 
including eye support, cognitive support, immune support, and vitamin E, and the like that are used on rotation. However, the above that I listed are absolute daily staples. Now, this is specific to me after 20 years of consistent trial, error, and listening to my body. Currently, I'm in my mid-40s, training around 10 to 15 hours a week, and often doing double-day sessions. Now, let's discuss dose, duration, and frequency. Because outside of product quality, the effectiveness of any protocol is determined by the dose, duration, and frequency of use. In terms of dose, it'll take too long to detail it all. I've heard Andrew Saul suggest the biggest side effect of vitamins is not taking enough. For me, a few of the daily doses are as follows. So vitamin C, I take over four grams a day. Vitamin D, I take around just over 4,000 international units per day. Fish oil, is a bit over three, somewhere between three and four grams per day. And coenzyme Q10 is around 200 micrograms per day. Duration is another factor. They'll work for as long as you take them. So the ideal duration of use is lifetime. The book you don't read doesn't help you. It's the same with the nutrition that you don't take. Frequency-wise, water-soluble vitamins, which are the B vitamins and vitamin C, should be taken more frequently, while fat-soluble vitamins, which is basically all the others, can be taken once daily or even less frequently. A good even bet though is to spread them out, taking them at least twice a day with food. As already mentioned, product quality is an important consideration. This from my preferred supplier provides some insight and I've been to their facility, I've seen their processes firsthand and met and spoken to a lot of the scientists. And I quote, each raw material material supplier is vetted by our quality assurance team to meet stringent quality measures. Raw ingredients are sampled in-house with testing to guarantee the quality of the lot of materials received. A state-of-the-art on-site laboratory allows qualified scientists to ensure the identity, purity and potency of each ingredient and the finished product, confirming the absence of contamination. Extensive product records and standard operating procedures document and guarantee quality for each batch. A robust stability program confirms products meet label claims throughout their shelf life, end end quote. Now, when it comes to safety, obesity, heart disease, cancer, cognitive challenges, depression and the like are all on the rise in the West. Every day, too many people are digging their own graves with a knife and fork due to poor food choices. Yet supplements can sometimes be thought of as risky or unsafe. Forgive me if I find it difficult to keep a straight face. As reported by the Orthomolecular News Service recently, the 39th annual report from the American Association of Poison Control Center shows throughout the year, in the entire United States, there was not one single death from a vitamin or mineral supplement. If they were dangerous, where are all the bodies? Ironically, Prescription drugs are the third leading cause of death behind heart disease and cancer in the United States and Europe. I am not diminishing the value of prescription medication, instead presenting a little unknown fact relating to the safety of nutritional supplements. Practical applications. Food is the foundation, without question. Supplements are exactly as they are labeled, a supplement to quality food choices. The worse we eat, the more valuable supplements become. The greater the expectations we have for our body, the more valuable supplements become. As we age, the more valuable supplements become. I started with a multivitamin and fish oil. 
then added all the others one by one over the subsequent months, years and decades based on my needs and goals. It's also been my experience that consistency trumps complexity. Making one, two or three of the essentials a part of your daily habits for life is superior to any temporary complexity in terms of product combinations. And finally, you won't know until you go. I didn't know the quality of my sleep would improve significantly within a few months of supplementing back in 2004. You can only find out through practical experience. So I hope you found this helpful. Thanks for listening.